Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? A driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know? There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know? A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Welcome into Stacking the Box. This is not the voice you should be hearing first, but you are today. Mark Carmen sitting in. Jeff Schwartz is off. Good to see you, Josh Hill. Good to see you, hey, Matt Berteram. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks Appreciate for being it. here, Carm. It's, this is your first appearance on Stacking the Box. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's true. I, I think, think it's I, true. This I, is the first one that counts. This is the first one that counts? This is the first, first one, one I remember. Doesn't mean, it's not, doesn't mean it's not true, although <laughs> yeah, maybe you didn't make Be more memorable this time, Carm. Leave an impression on the people. Uh, okay, I'll do my best. Well, now that Stacking the Box is on a whole new level, we got video and everything. Thing. I mean, I feel borderline intimidated to be on Stacking the Box, to be honest. But, uh, Are you nervous? Uh, sure, absolutely. <laughs> now it's time for the big story. Let's uh, let's start, guys, with uh, Monday Night Football action. The surprise of the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, one of two undefeated teams, 4-0. Mm-hmm. Although I would like to throw in there that the competition hasn't exactly been stiff. And then the debacle that was the Cleveland Browns. What was what was your bigger surprise from Monday night? I mean, mine, mine is just the overall beating that Cleveland took in that game, right? <laughs> like, I think the Niners are a good team. I do. I think the Niners are going to compete for a playoff spot. But I expected more out of the Browns after the way they played in Baltimore. I thought they would come in, that they would play well, that the offense had kind of figured things out to some degree, right? New coach, a lot of new pieces to that group. Well, that didn't happen. Okay, they scored three points, and Mayfield looked like me trying to play quarterback in that game. It was awful. Eight of 22 for 100 yards and a pick. Uh, You couldn't have been any worse. In fact, I think he did two picks, memory serves, right? So he was awful. Uh, Odell Beckham is not having a great start to his Mm -mm. time in Cleveland. And I think if you you have to look at this and say, okay, look, it's a little bit on Mayfield. He's been all – in fact, a lot on Mayfield. He's been terrible. It's also on Freddie Kitchens. Big time. And got to tell you, I don't care what anybody else says, like, that hire when it was made in Cleveland, that was and, – and I talked to a few people in the league and around the situation on this. That was a situation where they, they wanted Mike McCarthy. It didn't work out the way they were hoping. They went to plan B. And they basically sat, settled on the current – situation with Kitchens. That was not their, oh, let's go get Freddie Kitchens and insert him right away. So if this thing goes unbelievably south, there is not going to be a ton of support to go bringing him back for another year. And I, that's where I am right now on this uh, Tuesday morning. Hill, are you punting on the once 
NFL darling 2019 Cleveland Browns? No, I'm punting on the idea that everybody bought all of this stock in them, and all of a sudden they are exactly what we thought they were going to be. They're a, fir- they're a team with a first-year head coach, a quarterback who is essentially still a rookie because he hasn't proved himself. He didn't, this is his first full season of action, and we don't know if he's going to see a full season of action because if they're this bad now, just like product-wise, what happens when these guys start getting hurt? What happens when, you know, the offensive line stops blocking for Baker? We saw last well, they've night. They've never started. Yeah, like last They're night. awful. He looked terrible. He had the fumble. He's getting knocked around. Like we saw Patrick Mahomes is getting knocked around. Like there's going to be one yep. of those times he doesn't come back from the sideline. What happens when that's Baker? And all of a sudden, who's their backup? Well, then it's all. Who's the backup? I don't even know. Odell okay. Beckham. It, well, you know, that's the other thing. When, when does, I, when, think, I think it's Drew Stanton. Oh. Garrett Gilbert. Uh, took oh, Garrett it. Gilbert, because he came oh in last God, night. That's, that's right. True. That's, true. that's right. He saw and some that, action. But what happens then? Cause I think you mentioned this in one of the previous episodes. What happens when Odell's just like, forget this, I'm done, and then he starts becoming a problem, and then Freddie Kitchens isn't equipped to handle this. No, he's not. Like, so this is this is going off the rails big time for Cleveland. But I, nobody should be surprised. Everybody said gave them a Super Bowl in the off season. Are you still uh, a buyer on Baker Mayfield? I mean, you just you just named you. I mean, you sacked four times last night. He's you you've got uh, some dysfunction all around the place, and but it, we're riding a roller coaster right now with Baker and Matt Verderam. Yeah, look, I'm not in the sense of I didn't like the whole off season, and I said that probably seven times on this podcast yeah. throughout the summer. Like, it bothers me that you're seven, eight, and one. Which, like, listen, I get is a huge improvement for the Browns. I, I get that. I'm not discrediting that, but you're still seven, eight, and one. He spent the whole offseason just talking and talking and talking. And th- hey, man, go have a winning record. Okay, get to a playoff game. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, never, you didn't win anything in college, by the way. You won the Heisman, but you didn't win a national championship. Like, they were a good team, but who cares? Oklahoma's good every year. So what? They're good. They were great with Kyler Murray. They're really good with Jalen Hurts right now. Yeah. Like, what does it matter? Shut up. Was that not he, the, was that And the, by the way, yeah. he had to transfer from Texas Tech. He couldn't beat Mahomes out. It's like, just enough. <laughs> Shut up. Go to football game. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Like, it's just all the GQ stuff. He's taking shots at Sam Ellinger over at Texas. The whole stuff with Colin Cowherd I find bizarre. Like, who cares? Let's go in a game. And they've looked ill-prepared, and he's looked terrible in these games. Which is why I loved Nick Bosa last night, planting the flag. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Flag troll? Oh, yeah, that was good. Are we in on the Niners? What do we What do we think of San Francisco here? It's going to get a little bit tougher this week, obviously. They're going to have to face the Rams. I we- think that it's good that they're 4-0. I also know, recognize that they beat the Bucks, they beat the Bengals, they beat the Steelers with Mason Rudolph, and now they've beaten the Browns. I mean, they'd be great in the AFC North. And it would be dominant. Look, yeah. But look, this it seems reductive, but this is what good teams do. They beat bad teams. And they haven't necessarily been close games. Like the Bucks game was close for a little bit, but then the defense, which we've seen is actually pretty good, blew the doors open. So I'm okay with the 49ers being 4-0. As far as putting how much stock I want to put into that, I don't know where I'm at. The, the, the schedule gets tough at the end of the year. Get your wins now. They've padded the, the, their record with four wins. Where are they when they play the Rams? Where are they when they play the Seahawks? Where are they when they play some of these good teams? I think they have the uh, 
Saints on their schedule or the Packers or something like that? What do they do against teams that they will see in January? Because the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Buccaneers are not going to be there. The Browns, not going to be there. Show me what they look like against a good team. Now, if they play a good team like the uh, Rams and the uh, Cowboys or the uh, Saints and the Cowboys game a couple weeks ago, that's fine. Both of those teams established that they're good. Two of the best teams in the NFC. If the 49ers can play one of these teams close, I'll buy well, it. If they and, get and blown the, out, look, forget the, it. The Niners also have four games left with Seattle and yeah. the Rams. Right? So Plus the Packers. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, but you're talking. I mean, those are those are big boy games. Those are marquee. Now, I do think the Niners are a wild card contender. I do. I don't think they're better than Seattle. I don't think they, I don't know if they're better than the Rams, although the Rams right now have their own set of issues. But yeah. um, look, I think the Niners are good. I mean, they, yeah, I don't care. Listen, say whatever you want about the Browns. 31-3 is 31-3, okay? That was, <laughs> frankly, that was an ass-kicking. Yep. That was a killing in that game. Let's move on to, I think, the surprise of the weekend, which was Indianapolis walking into Kansas City. Arrowhead Stadium, Sunday night football. Mm-hmm. Chiefs undefeated. And here comes Jacoby Brissett and Marlon Mack and the Indianapolis Colts getting it done. Yep. And, look, I mean, Ugh. I think the biggest surprise to me in the game was Chiefs come out, they score in the first drive, they score in the second drive. Yeah. Think they're going to score all night, and then they put up one more field goal the rest of the way. What happened, Bird Ram? Well, I, first of all, you got to give the Colts a lot of credit. The Colts are a covered two team; they play a ton of zone. They, they, if you go and look, and there was a great tweet. I I, I forget who it was by. It might have been ESPN. The Colts under Matt Eberflus, who's their defensive coordinator, they play zone about seventy percent of the time, seventy five percent of the time every week. This week, seventy three percent man coverage. Sammy Watkins wasn't there, Tyreek Hill wasn't there, and they basically said, look, you can't beat us one-on-one. We're going we're gonna to try to match up now. The injuries are no excuse. The, the Colts had a gazillion of them. Okay, They were missing both starting safeties. Darius Leonard wasn't there. So both teams were really banged up. But the Colts had a, a really good plan. They executed it. The other thing they did, everybody talks about running the ball on the Chiefs, and I, I do think that's overrated. But in this game, they were able to just run and run and run and run and run. And the Chiefs, who knew it was coming, could not get off the yeah. field. Now, that all said to me, that's a sidebar. Ultimately, what happened in this game was the Chiefs couldn't move the football. If the Chiefs move the ball at all, they win the game. The Colts can run for 200 yards. It makes no difference. They couldn't move. Mahomes has that left ankle that's clearly bothering him, especially later in the game. And by the way, and I, this has to be said, this is a big part of this game, Cam Irving at left tackle. Ooh. Eric Fisher can't get back soon enough in Kansas City. He is a disaster. It was the reason... That, that Mahomes got rolled up on the first time and then stepped on him the second time. So, I think, look, I think the Chiefs will be fine once they get healthier here. But right now, they've got some issues. They're really banged up. Chiefs have to get the running game going here, Hill, or is that overstated? I mean, I think they'll be fine when they get Tyreek Hill back. Like, that's we've kind of seen what this offense can be without him. We went through a couple of weeks of, oh, we can swap these guys in. I mean, we, we, Pringle was going off on Sunday night. 100 like, yards. Although the, the, good the, God. The third and 28 play at the end of the game. I got to tell you, I said some things you can't say on the podcast when he did what he did on third and 28. For anyone who didn't see it, they're backed up at like their own two-yard line late in the game down six points. Mahomes on Phenomenal one leg yep. scrambles out, makes an unbelievable throw across the field, hits Pringle. Pringle, all he has to do is just run a straight line, and he's got a first down on third and 28, and he runs like, toward, like veered toward the sideline and then tried to cut back in, and he gets tackled the yard shy, and Cam Irving blocks nobody on fourth and one, they don't get it. But uh, well, look, the game's not a Pringle. The game is on the no. Chiefs being completely ineffective. What did you think of that play call, though, on fourth and one? It was it was actually one of the things. Like, I, I don't do a whole lot of like second-guessing play calls because like, if he gets it, nobody's bitching about right. the play call, right? But mm. my initial reaction when they came out and lined up was this is a terrible idea. They've not been able to block all night long. 
you're a spread team. They should have spread the Colts out on that play and then either thrown it or ran out of spread. To, to try to play power when you can't block anybody seems like an awful idea. So I didn't like the play call, but to me it comes down to, look, they need Tyreek Hill back in the worst way. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. They need Eric Fisher back in the worst way. Chris Jones, uh, yeah, I, I, big one. I talked to a source this morning, uh, reported on Twitter, said, you know, look, he's week to week right now. He did not tear anything in his groin area, but he did strain it. So that's a big loss. The, the Chiefs, oddly enough, defensively, 13th against the pass, 14th against points. The defense, awful against the run, but like overall, not awful. Their problem has been lately against Detroit, they did not score that many points, in the way, at least by their standards. Yeah. And against the Colts, look, 13 points. You're just not going to win many games. But I expect when Tyreek Hill comes back, I think things change because you can't play man against them then. You, you could, but it would not be advised. The three-win Colts, Josh Hill. Are you are you a buyer on Indianapolis? They certainly got a lot of heart going on there. Frank Reich deserves a lot of credit. I, mean, I bought in on them in the offseason when Andrew Luck retired and it was the Jacoby Brissett show because the first time we saw Brissett, he just had the playbook thrown at him, and they're like, all right, go figure this out. Right. And right. now he's had some time to not only play behind Andrew Luck and learn from him, but then learn the system. He's got Frank Reich there, who we've established in his history, can take a backup quarterback and you know win a Super Bowl with him. I'm not saying that the Colts are going to win the Super Bowl, but I do see them in the playoffs. And I would argue that you know the Gardner Minshew thing in Jacksonville, that's pretty hot right now. Deshaun Watson's the best quarterback in that division, but he's got Bill O'Brien as his head coach, a favorite of ours. I would argue that the Colts are maybe the best, second best team in that division. It fluctuates every single week because they go out and they play. They they beat the Chiefs, but then they'll have a game where they get just blown out by the Raiders, who I don't believe in. Which, speaking of Houston and Bill O'Brien, they now come to Arrowhead. So that that game's going to be interesting (laughs) because I'll tell you right now, if they can't block the Colts, J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless in that game, better do something. Now, the flip side of that is the Chiefs have played them a few times when Bill O'Brien's been the head coach, and the Chiefs have absolutely just taken them to the woodshed. So... We'll see what happens. I, I think if you – look, obviously I have a bunch of Chiefs Twitter, right? I, I get it all the time. I don't think there's a reason to panic if you're a Chiefs fan. I really don't. Like, you're 4-1. and one. The conference is terrible. The Chargers just lost to Denver at home. Like, I really, I think you're fine. I do think the injuries right now are their biggest problem. Mm-hmm. I, right? I think defensively, look, you can give up rushing yards. If you score points, it doesn't matter. Like, ultimately, the Chiefs give up 200 rushing yards a game. But if they score 27, 28 points, it doesn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. So – Give the Colts credit. I thought it was a great game plan. They executed. They played really well. I thought the Chiefs played about as poorly as they could have, and they were in the game with three minutes yeah. to go. So that's kind of where I fall. You, you mentioned uh, Houston coming in. Watson, Mahomes, the draft all on display. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and Watson's yeah. coming in off a preposterous game. Not that anybody in Kansas City wants a Sean Watson, but it's still an awesome matchup. No, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And it's actually an interesting one in the sense the Chiefs have been okay against the pass. So that'll be interesting. I, look, I expect Watson to have a really good game. They're going to be wrong, but I'm just saying it wasn't like last year where the Chiefs were giving up 350-yard passing every game. Mm-hmm. And then Mahomes against that secondary, but he's banged up. They can't block. We'll see what they do. Tyreek Hill practiced all last week, didn't play. This week they expect him to practice again, have a little contact mixed in. If he can play, I think that's a big difference maker. And we'll move on to the news of the day, which is Jay Gruden got the uh, Sunday night text. Be here at 5.30 a.m. on Monday morning. By the way, are you showing up at 5.30 a.m. if you get that text? He went there at 3. Man's, started a, man's aggressive. I love that they fired him at 5 a.m. They're like, hey, man, come in early for this. Well, We're going to get an early start on your day. You're going to have a lot of free time. They, yeah. they knew he was an early riser, so he gets there at 3, packs up the boxes. That's incredible. Uh, 0-5, should they have fired Gruden before the season? Does it, does it look a little bit different for the Redskins right now? Maybe that was hanging on him. 
I mean, I don't think he should have been the first head coach fired. I think Dan Quinn made a pretty good case for that on Sunday. But I'm also of the mind of if you're going to fire your head coach, why wait until the end of the season? Like, I hate when teams do that where they're like, oh, we're going to get rid of this guy. And then you've got a dead man walking situation for the rest of the season. Yeah. It makes no sense. Washington's not going anywhere. I did appreciate, though, that Daniel Snyder is so vindictive that he fired him a week before the Dolphins game, which was pretty much probably going to be his first and only win of the season. And he's like, nah. You're getting out of here with a winless record. We're not. You're not beating the Dolphins, but I, I, I'm, I'm all for firing them now. If you were going to fire them eventually, thirty-five, but. forty-nine, and one. I mean, he's, you know, five seasons in Washington is like thirty-eight seasons anywhere else. He's the longest tenure coach in the. In that the is Daniel. a feat up there with like Dimaggio's hit streak. Where like, is anybody going to survive? Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff. You. Definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. That long in a Snyder organization? It, well, we'll see. I don't think okay. it's going to be Bill Callahan, who's, who's now in there on an interim basis. What do we, uh, what do we think about Dwayne Haskins? How soon should that be moving forward? Well, I think they should wait with Dwayne Haskins. He's not ready to play right now. But I'm actually going to circle back, so I want to speak on this one. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> go ahead. So about a month and a half ago, I wrote a very long, detailed piece for Fansided.com about the dysfunction inside the Redskins. Okay, and I talked to six sources around the league, uh, including some near the team. Okay, the idea that firing Jay Gruden is going to fix that complete dumpster fire in the nation's capital. <laughs> Is so ridiculous. Bruce, by the way, so here, let's just go itemized here. So Dan Schneider is the owner of the team, doesn't even bother to show up to the press conference, okay? Doesn't even bother to show up. He sends Bruce Allen, because Bruce Allen's really the owner of the team, because he's the one who's there on the day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Dan Schneider's nowhere to be found. He's not even at the facility most days, okay? So don't believe me, go read my story. So he's not even there most of the time. It's Bruce Allen is here. Bruce Allen is the one who tells Dan Schneider what's going on day-to-day basis. Don't think there's a little bias to that? Okay, That's why Bruce Allen's been there forever. The other reason he's been there forever? Because his father, George Allen, was the head coach of the Redskins in the 70s when they went to the Super Bowl, beloved figure. So he's kind of grandfathered in. Look, until they fire Bruce Allen, they're not doing anything. That team is a mess from top down. Okay, And there are a lot of good people who work there. They have some really good scouts. They have some people in the front office who are smart. But it's completely overshadowed by the, by the just absolute abomination at the top. Schneider's completely out of touch. Allen doesn't know what he's doing, but he's got complete keys to the kingdom because nobody's ever going to get involved. So they can fire Gruden all they want. They still suck. And oh, by the way, Jay Gruden's going to get another job in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like Jay Gruden's a good head coach. Jay Gruden had nobody on that team the entire time he was there. And they reached the playoffs. They were very competitive. Alex Smith doesn't get hurt last year. They probably would have gone to the playoffs again. And I'm sorry, name five players on that team right now. So, look, if, if, I'm, if I'm a Redskins fan, I'm as devastated as I was on Saturday. Like, there's no – you didn't fix any of this. You know, it's not like sometimes, like, the Browns fired Hugh Jackson. You're like, all right, well, Hugh was clearly a problem, right? Like, you're not, you're not solving the problem. Mm-mm. So, I – they could, Bill Callahan, whoever, they, they could put God in there as the interim head coach. That team's not winning any games. Bill, and they, they play the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to win the game. 
I would love that. Also, I, I really like. What are the Redskins showing? They're not going to show anything. They're awful. The game's in Miami, and you think you think they're going to be really inspired for <laughs> Bill Callahan in that game? <laughs> Bill Callahan. You think the Redskins? We're going to have Jonathan Allen on later in the program. Redskins defense without give him credit for coming on. You know, but like you and and look, Carm will interview him, so I'll leave that all to Carm. But like the point being, you think the Redskins are going to go into this game? You know, you got Bill now. We got <laughs> we got to go out there. We got to show something. We're going to win we're this game. We're doing for Bill. They are. Dead on arrival. Yeah. Good luck. Also, Bill Callahan finally beat a Gruden. Jonathan Allen. There you go. Wow. There you go. The national champion back in 2015. SEC Defensive Player of the Year. First round draft pick and current Washington Redskin. Jonathan Allen will here with us on the Stacking the Box podcast. Jonathan, obviously uh, the big news is uh, that you guys are making a coaching change. And I know you get the business of it, but uh, a lot of your teammates are showing a lot of love and respect for Jay what what did Jay Gruden mean to you? Man, Coach Gruden was a great coach. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed playing for him, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for him and to him. As far as the coaching change, I really don't have too much to say about that. I mean, it, there's a business to it that I'm not a part of that I don't understand, and I'm just trying to do my job and help this team win. So right now, all my energy and efforts is going on and focusing on the Miami Dolphins. Yep, I, I figured that's exactly uh how you would be looking at it. And, of course, you're working with FedEx today, and you've got some military uh, history with your dad in the Army and your brother as well. Uh, I am curious, though, because this was rumored for so long, and, and, and Jay had talked about he thought maybe what happened after the Giants game. Did that hang over the team at all in your mind? No, I don't think so. I mean, one thing that people always forget is we're professional athletes. We're pro athletes. We're professionals, and you have to conduct yourself accordingly. I mean, no organization, no team ever has a comfortable, easy working environment. It's, it's the NFL. There's always media. There's always something that's being talked about. And you just have to be able to block that out and focus on what you have to do to help your team win. Yeah. And the other criticism on Jay was that he was like too much of a player's coach. And just like listening to you talk here, I mean, did you feel like oh, this guy doesn't, there wasn't enough discipline around the team? I don't know. I, I mean, I really can't answer that question because I work most of my time with Jim Thompson, Coach Thompson, and and he, he, what you see is what you get. He's a great, fiery, passionate coach. So most of my time I spent with Jim Thompson, so I can't really answer that question because I don't really spend as much time with Coach Gruden as I did with Thompson. But as far as in, in your room, that's not a, that's not an issue. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. What do you what do you see when you're competing against uh, Dwayne Haskins in practice, Jonathan? How, how does uh, how does he impress you? very talented as far as his physical capabilities, what he's able to do on the run. Some of the throws he makes are just ridiculous, and I'm super excited for him. Super excited. Yeah. Does he, Maybe he's not necessarily – maybe they're not going to put him on the field yet, but in his mind, you think he's ready to go? I mean, I feel like that's hard for me to answer. You know, I'm a defensive tackle. I don't really – have the skills required to evaluate an NFL quarterback with his talent level. I'm just being honest. I, I don't really know. Yeah. So, but from, from, I mean, physically he has everything that you're looking for, but I mean, like I said, I don't really know what it takes to be a successful NFL quarterback. And I don't know if he's right or not. I really can't answer that question. Yeah. But, but, but you don't get to actually take him down in practice, but that's, that dude's a load though, right? He's a big dude. Oh, not, oh he's a huge dude. Huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think that could be an asset for him. Coming down the piper. All right, so you're working with FedEx in the USO this morning. Uh, FedEx Field is recognizing two D.C. area military veterans. Uh, why is this something that you wanted to be involved in, Jonathan? It's, impor it's important to me. Growing up in a military household, there's definitely challenges and sacrifices that the men and women of this country make that 
go unappreciated and unnoticed. So I just want to do my part to to just recognize what they do for us, what they go through for us, and just to make them feel special for what they do for this country. Yeah. Uh, and your your dad, of course, 23 years in the Army, your your brother 10 years. How did that impact like the structure that you had at home growing up? I mean, it was a very disciplined, black and white, rigid structure that I grew up with, and I really feel like that's helped me on my football field with my discipline on and off the field. Did you always do your homework? Always, 100%. <laughs> what, about, what about making the bed? Were you good at that, too? Surprisingly, that's, I mean, I did it growing up. Surprisingly, that's not one thing that I I do as well as I probably should be, which is which is kind of weird growing up in a military household, but there's so many things, so many things that I can attribute to my dad being into the military as to why I do it. Wait, did you just own that Jonathan Allen might get up in the morning and head off to practice and, and not make sure that his room is completely tidy? Did I hear that right? Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> what what would your dad think about that? Oh, he would be so disappointed. He'd be he'd be so disappointed in me if he ever heard that. Yeah. I I think I think that FedEx understands. Hey, uh, one more question on Jay. Do, do, do you see? Uh, you, you, do you think he deserves another chance to be a head coach in the NFL someday? From your standpoint, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in second chances, but like I said, that's not a that's not a decision that I can make. I mean, I have no, I have, I have absolutely no idea what an owner and a GM or a president is looking for in a head coach. Um, he's a great coach, and I thoroughly enjoy playing for him. But I really don't think I'm qualified to answer that question, to be honest. Fair enough. How are you looking at the Miami game? I'm excited. I feel like this is an opportunity for us to, you know, get our season turned around. But I feel like it's an opportunity for us. So it's not really about the Miami Dolphins. It's about the Washington Redskins. And can we execute? And can we do our job? And can we play at a high level? So that's what we're focusing on. We're focusing on ourselves. Yeah, I was watching uh, your your locker room conversation after the Bears game, and you were saying that there's, you know, there's nothing sexy that can happen here. It's 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 just you got to get in there one play at a time. I, I I assume that that's the philosophy. Even you know, even a couple games later at 0 and five. Exactly. I mean, nothing's changed. You just got to do the little things right. I mean, season's not over. It's a long season left to play. There's a lot of football left to be played. So we're just focusing on the Miami Dolphins right now. Yeah. And if, and going forward, is, is there anything that you can pinpoint that's been missing so far for you guys? I don't think when, – when you're 0-5, I don't think there's one thing you can point at and be like, this is why we're 0-5. There's a, there's a combination of not doing the little things right day in and day out, not practicing like we should. And I'm just giving you an example. I don't know. i got to focus on what I have to do yeah. and what the defensive line has to do so we can be successful as a unit and as a team. So that's what we're kind of doing right now. And how's the morale in there moving forward? Morale's good. Like I always tell people, we're professional athletes. Regardless of the circumstance and the situation, we're getting paid to go out there and play football and play it at a high level. And no matter the situation, we're going to do it. Yeah. Jonathan, appreciate the time, man. Great work with FedEx. And uh, hey, if, I, I assume if you if you somehow cross paths with Jay again down the line, you, you, you wouldn't be opposed to playing for that guy. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the time and, and congrats on your success. And, and you're, you're doing great work, work with an uh, important thing here with the USO. And uh, thank your dad and your brother from all of us here at Fansided for their service. All right? Will do. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's time to place your best. All right, guys, let's place your bets. Game one, the New York Giants and the New England Patriots in Foxborough. The Patriots yes. are a 17-point favorite, 5-0. and oh. I don't think anybody's going to take New England to lose this game, but perhaps you'll take the points. The over-under is 43. Josh Hill, let's start with you on this one. Uh, I'm really tempted to take the points, but uh, 
I'll take the points. Give it to me. I'll, I'll, I'll take the points. I'll go live on the edge here. The over-under is a little surprising, though. Daniel Jones. I mean, I think we'll learn a lot about the uh, Patriots' defense in this game because everybody thinks it's so dominant. Like, oh, man, I can't believe this is such a dominant defense. Daniel Jones, I don't think he's going to have a great game, but I think, oh, I don't know. Oh, I, I think I, I will take the under so hard I break the table. <laughs> uh, listen, Sterling Shepard's not playing. Evan Ingram's probably not playing. Saquon Barkley's not playing. Daniel Jones is making his, what, fourth career start, and he's getting Belichick in a short week on the road. Are you kidding me? <laughs> What's over on the 43? Yeah, New England's going to score 40, and I take the under on this. Wow. Right. This is the under. Hard the under. And, and you're taking – are you laying the 17? Uh, yeah, pro- probably. I'm more confident in the under than anything because you know, th- those are weird. The Giants could score late yeah. or something. It could be like 30 to you know. Oh, I guess, you know, 27 to 13 or something, you know, but give me the under. Interesting times in New England with Tom Brady, perhaps, perhaps starting to show a little bit of his age. Short week for the Patriots and the Giants. Let's move on to Carolina and Tampa Bay. We're going across the pond, a little London action. The Panthers are a two-point favorite as uh, Christian McCaffrey's looking like an MVP candidate. Um, Over-under on this one is 48. The Bucks are... Coming off a tough loss. They played the Saints well, though, and a lot of people think that New Orleans could come out of the NFC. Rotoran, we start with you here. Uh, I will take the Bucs to win outright. I think the Bucs are just better than Carolina, quite honestly. And I know Carolina's 3-2, and two, but they played each other with Newton week 10. You can say, well, he was hurt. Listen, he's, he's still – is Kyle Allen the answer? Like Kyle Allen's been okay. I know people are going to say, well, he's won every game he started. Okay, fine, but he hasn't played particularly well. No. McCaffrey's incredible. But I like the Bucs in the game. And the Bucs are used to going to London. Mm-hmm. The Panthers are not. I think that matters. So give me the Buccaneers not only to cover, but I think they're going to win. It's really a matter for the Bears this week in London. What do you got, Hill? Give me the Bucs. Give me the under, too, because this was not a particularly sexy game the first time that they mm, played. True. It wasn't a high-scoring game. And now we've seen both the Panthers and the Buccaneers have high-scoring games, the Bucs against the Rams. The Panthers have done it a couple of different times. Christian McCaffrey, we'll see what he does. But give me the under on this one. The London thing's weird because I don't think the Panthers are going to be ready. The Bucs, I don't think they're going to be ready just because they're the Bucs and I've just been conditioned. So basically nobody's ready. But this is going to be a tie. It'll be a tie. No, I'm just kidding. Give me the Bucs. Give me the under. That's where we're at with this one. A tie would be a a win for you on the Panthers are, of course, getting two. All right, Phil. Tie's never a win, Carmen. That's Uh, not how ties work. In Bucs land, it might be a slight win. No. No? Okay. You're not a Bucs fan either, so I'm not. I'm, I'm not. But I, I do respect <laughs> the, the, the old school Bucs. What was the, what were they called? The horseshoe? What was that thing called? The, the sombrero? sombrero? The sombrero. I loved the sombrero. What? Brent Musburger, you are looking live at Buccaneer Stadium. There'd be like three people in there in the There's NFL today. three people in there. I, I loved it. All right, moving on. Philadelphia at Minnesota. The Eagles uh, whipping the Jets this week, Minnesota. Uh, getting a win over the Giants. The Vikings are a three-point favorite at home. I guess Kirk Cousins looked to drop better this week. Hill, you're up. Give me the Eagles outright because I don't like Kirk Cousins against good teams. And I think the Eagles have a good defense. They played the Giants. Big deal. He beat the Giants. Whoop-de-doo. He hasn't played well against good teams, and that's that's his M.O. Kirk Cousins doesn't play good when the Vikings need him to. It's not been worth the money at all. Give me the Eagles. I think they've turned a corner a little bit. We maybe slept on them. Slow start. We're going to see what they're all about this week. I got the uh, Eagles. I'll take the Eagles to cover them probably to win. I wouldn't if, – if this was actual real money, I would not bet on this game because mm-hmm. I don't know what you're getting out of Wentz. Wentz has been up and down all year long. And this coming from somebody who picked the Chiefs and Eagles in the Super Bowl this year. So, yeah. I'm high on the Eagles. But they haven't played great football. They've beaten the Redskins and the Jets. Mm-hmm. They did win against the Packers on Thursday Night Football. Give them yep. credit there. But, uh, look, I, I think – 
I think the Eagles win the game, so I would I would swallow or I would I would take the points and, and bet them. But uh, I think it's a good game. I think it's one of the better games of the week. Interesting. I actually like the Vikings here, but we shall see. Uh, the over under, by the way, forty three and a half. Anyone think this is going? Anything? They're going to bust out eighty four million dollar Kirk Cousins? No, no, no. That's that's okay. No overriding. No. All right. The Saints on the road at Jacksonville. The legend. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. End of Gardner Minshew. Four touchdown Teddy last week for New Orleans. Uh, Drew Brees, of course, uh, still you know going to be there, but Teddy's playing well. Jaguars are a one-point favorite. Verdram, you're up. You know, that's a really interesting line, yeah. uh, and it's a, it's kind of a weird line because normally you see a team on the, at home, they get three points just automatically for being at home. So Vegas is basically saying that on a neutral field, the Saints are a couple points better. I am taking Jacksonville in the game. I think the Saints are a better team by a significant margin, but the Jags now come home. They've been on the road for a few weeks. I think that matters. I think it also matters that the Saints, like this Bridgewater thing has been – fascinating and he's done a great job but at some point they're gonna have a hiccup i could see this game being that the jags know they got to win they're two and three they're at home in front of what should be at least for jacksonville pretty charged up crowd like Minshew's becoming a cult hero so i will take them like there's another game i think it's a good game i wouldn't be shocked either way but pressed i would take jacksonville over under on this one 44 and a half josh hill uh, I mean, this is two really good defenses, so give me the under on that one. And I'm going to take the Saints in this one because I like the Saints. I think that they're a lot better than people want to give them credit for with Teddy Bridgewater in there. Now, that's been a big conversation. We're going to learn a lot about Gardner Minshew this weekend. He's playing a very, very still underrated defense in New Orleans. Everybody yeah, always true. sleeps on Dennis Allen's true. defenses. They are very good. Gardner Minshew, very interesting. It's a collision of uh, football interests there. But I think that the Saints are going to win, and they're going to continue – my theory that they are the best team in the NFC. And they've been that way for the last three years because no team adjusts on the fly better than they do. Very interesting line indeed in that one. I, I mean, I think it is an interesting line. I think the money's on New Orleans, which makes me think that Jacksonville and Vernon is going to be right here. But uh, we shall see. Houston, the Texans going to Arrowhead, trying to be the second straight team to beat the Chiefs at home, which would be uh, borderline historic at this point. But Kansas City is a five-point favorite. The overrunner is 55-and-a-half. We are expecting to see some some offense here. Do the Chiefs bounce back, Josh Hill? I think they do. I'm, I feel uneasy about the lines, though, because I don't know. I, I, yeah. I Like Vernon was saying at the top of the show, I don't know what we're going we're gonna to see out of the Chiefs. What does that offensive line look? What does Mahomes look like? This I think we'll, everybody's anticipating a high-scoring game. This feels like it's going to be a disappointment where it's maybe like 24-21, something like that. It's a weird game. I don't like the Lions. I like the Chiefs, but I don't feel good about it. So a few things. I'll take the Texans to cover. I think the Chiefs will win. Okay? I think the line is is right. I just think Houston will cover. Now, if you tell me Tyreek Hill plays and he's 100%, Ooh, yeah. I'd probably take the Chiefs to cover. Because the one thing in this game, and anyone who listens to this podcast knows what I'm going to say, <laughs> The coaching mismatch in this game is large. And if there's one thing I know about Andy Reid's coach when he coaches his teams, look, they typically don't play like that two weeks in a row. Now, they have not played well 
in Detroit. They won. Then they go play an out well against Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis confused the hell out of the Chiefs by playing all that man. I don't mm-hmm. think they expected it. Yeah. I think they had everything ready for zone. If Hill comes back, that changes the whole equation. So I think the Chiefs win the game. Plus, this game, if you're someone who pays attention to trends, this is the classic game. Houston just scored 53 points. Everybody and their mother is riding that high trade, and the Chiefs just played a stinker on national television. So everybody's off of that because it looked terrible. This is the classic course correction game where the Chiefs now come out and say, okay, well, this is who we really are, and the Texans just can't quite keep up. I think the Texans stay in the game. I think the Chiefs win. I disagree with Verderam taking the Texans because never bet on Billow. Oh, never I, put your money on Billow. I, I think they cover the spread because <laughs> the Chiefs defense is an abomination. Uh, when Bill O'Brien's but involved, you, you never know. This is the kind of game, I'm telling you right now, Bill O'Brien, this is the kind of game that you're going to expect them to run the ball, play man. All the, they're going to do none of that <laughs> yeah. in this game. You watch. Watch how this game shakes out. Yep. I, I, I'm just in for the shootout. That's my fingers crossed. Let's let's see him. Let's see him go at it. Back, you got Carm. Back and forth. Uh, I I got Kansas City. I, I don't I don't think Houston's ready to walk into KC. I I, I, I sniff uh, a solid bounce back for the Chiefs. Let's move on to uh, the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. But going on the road, it gets a lot tougher as they got to go and play the Rams. The Rams are three and a half point favorite. The number on this one is 50 and even 5-0. Um, at Verderam, we, we are you riding that red hot San Francisco 49er train? I am. Niners to cover. I don't know that they'd win. I think they'll cover the four points, and I think it's an over. I think you're going to see a lot of points in this game. Kyle Juszczyk getting hurt worries me because he is a big part of their run offense. But I think the Niners are really well coached. They've got a great front. And I'll, I'll say one thing in this game if you're a Rams fan to worry about. When Goff gets pressure – Yep. He's a totally different quarterback. And, and look, I get it. Every quarterback is less effective when they're being pressured. But Goff specifically so. I know, Carm, you're a Bears guy. I remember being at that Bears game last uh, they, year. They killed him. And they didn't even, by the third quarter of that game, they didn't even have to hit him. He wanted no part of that. I mean, he was getting rid of the ball so fast, you, couldn't, you blinked in the balls out of there. So if the Niners get pressure, they could really win this game. I think they cover, and I take the over. Nope. Uh, I, I'm going back and forth on this one, but I – Gonna take the Rams just because I don't see them going on this kind of a streak that they're on. I also appreciate how everybody's coming out games seem to be against the Rams. Last year it was Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Everybody was like, "All right, now they've been established on national television." This high-scoring game. It happened a couple weeks ago with the Bucks, where everybody's like, "Do we need to take Jameis Winston more seriously?" And it could happen with Jimmy G. It could happen with the 49ers that come in there. Everybody's like, "Okay." People are starting to take them more seriously. I think if they go in and play a really good game against the Rams, high-scoring, I agree with that. I think it's going to be up there. I think that the Rams, at some point, though, when they get in these high-scoring games, they're going to figure out how to win. Like, they're not going to do this again and then lose. They lose to the Bucs, then they lose by a point to the Seahawks. High-scoring game, give me the Rams, but I just I, I do like the 49ers a lot more, more, and more. And even if they lose, I think people are going to come away with this saying, all right, this team's pretty legit. A video producer slash president of video, Hunter Armour, is very upset with both of you. He's got the Niners by 14 in the... And I believe oh, he thinks aggressive. that Jared Goff is, is, is terrible. Um, I, this, this that's is a real. That's a real. I've got you, and then I don't got you. It's very unbiased take. <laughs> this, 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 even this, even Verderam picks against the Chiefs sometimes. This is the it's game true. that I'm actually most interested in this week. We'll see if the Niners are. This is a. I think from San Francisco standpoint, they're looking to stand themselves. It's for real. Look at us walking in here. Richard Sherman's talking a whole lot. If you're not on the bandwagon, you're off the bandwagon. Don't get on the bandwagon. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think San Francisco. By the way, yeah. on the side. Richard Sherman is a huge benefit going into this week. 
because he's been in a lot of big games. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of these kids on the Niners, this is the first time they're going to be in a game that a lot of people in the country are paying attention to. We talked about this a lot, Hill and I did, throughout the upcoming or the months leading into the season about the Browns. And it was yeah. like, well, who's ever won anything on that team, right? Like, if, if, there, if there's a need for experience, who's it going to be? Who's going to step up? The Niners have that in spades in Richard Sherman. Oh, yeah. He's been in a lot of these games. So he's going to be able to tell these guys, hey, this is what to expect. This is how to prepare. This is how to, you know, this is how to travel. This is, I think that stuff matters for this game. Do I, know, do I think it makes a difference? I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think it does make at <laughs> least a little bit of an impact for a Niners team that all of a sudden finds itself in a very big game. Can yeah. I make a comp real quick? Because I was yeah. thinking about this, and I wanted your opinion on this for Uh Richard Sherman on the 49ers reminds me a lot of when Charles Woodson went to the Packers, that defense, and he just kind of changed it. He's a veteran guy coming in, different circumstances. Like, But, I mean, just from a 30,000-foot view, I kind of see a comparison where you got this veteran guy who comes in, kind of changes things on defense, doing a lot of what you're saying, being like, here's the young guys. You're in a big game. Follow me. This is how you do it. I like it. I like it. I think Woodson, when he was in Green Bay, was playing at, a, at an extremely high level. Mm. He's kind of more in his prime than Sherman. But I, I agree like with the overall premise. Yeah, I think... That stuff matters. Because yep. I'll tell you right now, Richard Sherman, A, he's played in a lot bigger games than this. Yeah. And B, you think he's afraid of going to the Coliseum <laughs> to play the Rams? Yeah, yeah. Like, if I'm Goff, I'm trying to avoid him early in the game. Because you know if Sherman gets any opportunity to pick a ball off, jump around, he's going to try and do it. I, I think what you're, you're naming is important. A lot of times uh, people will point at the coach when there's a lack of leadership. You need guys in yep. that locker room who can set the tone, uh, which is one of the reasons why I think uh, – the Niners were so excited to get a guy like Richard Sherman over there because he had been there and done that. They did have the young team. Anyway, let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, Jesus. God. Wow. Oh, it's been God. rough. And the Chargers. Oh, no. This, what is it? The StubHub? Uh, it's not even that anymore. It's something about health and medicine. I, the, whatever. The, the, it's, it's a stadium that seats like 12 people in, in Carson. Chargers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The number is 41. Anybody got the Steelers to come in here and shock the world? know what? I think they're going to cover. Six and a half point spread. Let me tell you something. If there's any team in the league that will find a way to let a team come in there on prime time with a third string quarterback and cover the spread, it's the Chargers. I watched every play of that game against Denver. The game was a mess. Okay? And believe me, if Denver can go in there and outright win, I think Denver's better than one and four. But if Denver can outright win, the Steelers... Like they could cover, and I got to be fair. Look, they they almost beat Baltimore. They did. Yep. Now, it's fair. Say what you want about Baltimore right now, but they almost beat them. Like there's a real reason to believe the Steelers at least keep this game close. And by the way, if it is close as the game goes on, the the pressure on the Chargers sideline is going to be through the roof. Oh, yeah. So I don't think the Steelers win. I do think they cover. I don't think the Steelers win either. I'll take the cover and I'll say if the Chargers lose this game, I'm just I'm parachuting off the tallest building in Los oh, listen, Angeles to get Char- away from them. Chargers lose this game at all. It is okay. over. I, I think it might already be over as far as the division's concerned. It is over oh, yeah. if they lose to I'll Pittsburgh. say this to the credit for the Steelers, though, because they, they did almost come back and beat the uh, Ravens last week. And they did play the 49ers pretty close with Mason Rudolph for a little bit. So, Ouch. This is well. The point, the moral of the story has been ever since Antonio Brown got traded was Mike Tomlin's a far better coach than anybody wants to give him credit for. And if we're making comps, I would say that this is like a Pete Carroll thing where we always count out the Seahawks. We're like, I ain't got nobody. Like, what are they going to do? They got Russell yeah. Wilson and a bunch of guys. And they went. And then Pete Carroll is able to do that. Mike Tomlin's kind of that same thing. And if you know, we kind of talked about this last year. If the Steelers and the and Mike Tomlin kind of 
go their separate ways this offseason. But that man, talk, we talk about Jay Gruden getting another job. You're firing your head coach yeah. to hire Mike Tomlin. Yes. And by, and by the way, a quick 20 second aside, a bonus placing your bets for me. Okay. Seattle is plus two. Or at least uh, that was the line as of late Monday night. I don't know if it's changed. since They were a two point underdog going into Cleveland this week. You couldn't pay me that enough. That line didn't move? As of 1 o'clock the in the morning, hell? technically on Tuesday. Now, I don't oh, know if it's changed since. I'm putting money on that. First of all, I don't even care if it's moved. Mm. Okay? Seattle's had 10 days to prepare for this game. The Browns are on a short week. They've got to fly cross-country back home. You couldn't pay me enough to bet on Cleveland in this <laughs> oh game. Could God. not pay me enough. Give me Seattle to the hilt. Holy bet the God. mortgage on that game. Seattle's a, a one-and-a-half-point favorite right So it now. has flipped. That okay. being said, my God, it's basically a pick. One and a half? You, I'm still betting that. Who in God's name is betting Cleveland in this game? <laughs> like, Seattle's got 10 days to prepare for this. Wow. Oh, my God. Seattle, the mortgage, the car. I can't believe that that line's real. You're not, you're not buying into the Baker bounce back? Not against the Seahawks. God, no. They could be playing this game on the moon, and I would still it's take the Seahawks. It's almost worse that it's in Cleveland. You know how pissed <laughs> off that fan They're base is right now? If they get down seven nothing in that game, have fun. It's our guy's name in the Muni lot. What was that? Uh, the the dude with the tongue. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. I, I forget the name. I, I well, keep trying to forget the well, actions. One of the all time yeah. greats. His name yeah. was Oh yeah, uh, uh, Putang was his name. One of, that's a strong. <laughs> Classy. Name. Yeah, he's well. He's man, man's a legend. Oh, that he was a toothless wonder. Yeah, you like him. I love sure. that man's guy. a champion. All right. Uh, Distant uncle. Let's move on to Detroit and Green Bay. This one is in Lambeau. The Packers at home, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Green Bay, now I would say the the odds-on choice out of the NFC to go to the Super Bowl right now if you were to poll America. Uh, Over-under on this one's 46-and-a-half. The Lions have been a very pleasant surprise, though. Mm -hmm. Anybody want to roll with Detroit on the road? No. I don't. I thought about it, but I think the only thing that troubles me about this game is the fact that the Packers are a, they're a team of two halves, and they've done this more than one time this year, where they'll start really hot. You're like, all right, this is good. Matt LaFleur is cooking. Petten's defense is going. And then they'll just let teams back in the second half. And I don't know if that's because they're just taking their foot off the gas and they're like, we got this, or if there's something actually wrong. And you also don't want to get into the habit of getting into the second half of games that you're winning and being like, mm, do we really need to try this hard? Because like we just talked about Seattle. Do that in the playoffs against Seattle, done. Do that against the 49ers, the Rams, the Cowboys again, you might be done. So I like the Packers. I will give the Lions more credit than I was willing to give them in the offseason, but mm, not not in Lambeau. Carm, what's the line on the game? The the line, did I not say it? If I didn't, I think it's a four. Uh, four. If Packers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite, 46-and-a-half is the over-under. Um, um, Green Bay, of course, is sitting up top the NFC North right now. I'll be brief. Uh, Packers to win the game. I think the Lions cover. I think they are within four points. You turn in the uh, corner there on Matt Patricia in Detroit because I, I uh, I'm not so much on Patricia. Although I was really impressed with the way the game plan for the Chiefs. They were the first team to say, "Look, we're going to play a ton of angles, single high." So mm-hmm. I give them a lot of credit there. I've got to see them do it for more than one week, though. Yeah. Uh, I think Stafford's playing really well, and yeah. I think their defense should be getting healthier here. Darius Slay should be back. So. I, I think the Lions play them tough. They, they know each other. They see each other a lot. So I think the Lions will hang tough. The ambulances are coming. They are. They're, they're, for the Lions. They're coming I'm for not the, on the Lions. They're coming but. for Patricia and the Lions. The 2-1-1 one, and one Lions. That NFC North is pretty tough right now. Green Bay 4-1 and one, and the Vikings and the Bears are both 3-2. and two. 
I like it. I'd like to imagine Matt Patricia's game plan now that the lines are being taken seriously. He just like, it's like Raging Bull. Like he's looking at himself in the mirror and he just spins the hat backwards. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. And he walks out. Puts a pencil over the ear. <laughs> With the uh, laminated card, it's the dumbest thing. On He's it. like, they're taking so, me seriously. They so, think I'm an adult. Yeah. Backwards it goes. Yeah. All right, let us move on now to in or out. It's time for in or out. <laughs> I do love that your intros to all these segments are going to be exactly the same tonally as your the audio bit that you do. You're going to be like, let's go do in or out, and then it's going to cut yeah. right to, are you in or out? Up first, the Oakland Raiders, who stunned the Chicago Bears in London, racing out to a 17-0 lead that somehow, someway, marching 97 yards against the vaunted Bears defense to pull off a 24-21 win. I'm, bo- I'm still bothered by this. But moving on, Are you? with that win over a team that some people thought was, you know, perhaps a Super Bowl contender, or at least to get out of the NFC, are the Oakland Raiders going to make the playoffs, Matt Verderam? Uh No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell that idea there. Uh, You're out? I'm out because I think the Raiders, give them a lot of credit the last two weeks, Colts and the Bears, but both these games have been against very limited quarterbacks. Whenever they play a really good quarterback, they're going to lose the game. Because Carr, uh, Marcus Moser, who writes uh, freelance for Fanside.com, does a great job. Um, He tweeted out a a pass chart of Derek Carr. He completed three passes over five yards in that game against the Bears. Like you're just not beating anybody who's got no. any kind of quarterback in that. Like if, if Carr has to actually drop back and throw the ball, they can't win. And I look at them and say, look, they got to go to Arrowhead. They still got to play Rivers twice. They got to play Rodgers and Lambeau in a few weeks. Like I, I think maybe, maybe everything goes right. They're 500. I think even that's probably a stretch. They probably have a seven-win team. But hey, look, it's better than they looked last year. Mm-hmm. So it's positive steps. I'm not knocking the Raiders. I just don't think they're quite a playoff team yet. What are you thinking here, Hill, in or out? I think that I'm out on them making the playoffs, but I think that they've already made the playoffs in my heart because we I died on the Hill in one of our uh, preview episodes for the season that the Raiders were going to be better than people thought. They were going to be more interesting, and here they are. They've I mean, certainly been they're, interesting. They're not good. I don't think that they're good. I do love how the John Gruden's finally won like you know, a couple games in a row, and he's like, you know what we need to do? Get rid of some fifth-round picks for Zay Jones. Yeah, <laughs> That was fantastic. By the way, like, like, we're going for it. Rooting for Zay Jones is a person, but another person who has like a history of some unfortunate uh, stuff. So like the Raiders just continue to bring in these guys who— That's my, that's my you, thing, you, too. You have wonders. With, you know, the, Ra- with the Raiders being so interesting, and— the most fascinating thing about them is that they're rebranding themselves as like these throwback villains in the NFL. They've screwed up everybody's survivor pool last year by or last week by beating the Bears. We saw Richie Incognito do a bunch of really cheap stuff. Vontez Perfect did a bunch of cheap stuff. They traded for Antonio Brown, who is a complete disaster and a nutcase. They trade for Zay Jones, who, like we said, had some problems. They're turning themselves into, and this goes back to Gruden wanting to like restore the glory of the old Raiders days. Yep. He's vicariously living through the ghost of Al Davis. That, to me, is more interesting with the Raiders because they're not going to win this year. They're not going to go to the playoffs. But if they can be interesting, and, they can, and this is important for the Raiders moving to Vegas, if they can have some sort of narrative in the NFL going to the next season where people want to talk about them more so than, oh, they're leaving Oakland and going to Vegas, 
That to me is interesting there. They'll play a real quarterback in their next game. Of course, they get the bye week this week, but then they got the Green Bay Packers on the road. Gruden constipated the entire game on Sunday, but he when is he not? He be true, and at the end of it, he was he was just had a lot of relief. He was kind of throwing some salt in one of the Bears too. In the oh, was, oh yeah, clubbed up. Yeah, I mean they were yeah. they were whooping it up pretty good. Good for you, John Gruden. All right, uh, let's go on to. Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the great stories this year. In or out on, ja- on Minshew being the Rookie of the Year, Hill? Um, firmly in the middle. If I have to take a pick, I'm going to say in for now just because all of the hype and the buzz is there. I want to see where the hype and the buzz is later. I want to see like what happens when they play a good team next week. What happens when there's some adversity here. I, I like him. He's an interesting figure in the NFL, but Rookie of the Year... I'd say he is now, but let's see where we're at. The a end lot of, the of teams kicking themselves that they did not uh, take a flyer on Gardner yeah, Minshew. Yeah. I'm all the way in. Yeah, like all the way in. I think he's a really good quarterback. I in my quarterback ranks, I do every week for us over fans. So I, I have him twelfth. Like he's he can play. He can really play. If you right now, if you're starting a team, you can take him or Lamar Jackson. Who are you taking? That's tough, man. Lamar's Lamar was a well. Lamar was a freaking MVP candidate yeah, two weeks ago. Right. right. Like who are you taking? I'm probably taking Gardner Minshew. Can throw the ball from the pocket a hell of a lot better, right? Oh, like yeah. Minshew didn't get drafted high because he's six feet tall. Mm. Because how he tall played, is Baker Mayfield? Uh, six feet. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, keep going. I, no, but the point. But you're right. Like how tall is Russell but, Wilson? But go ahead. But mm. I wrote a story I, about I, this I a couple weeks point. ago. Mm. I wrote a story about this a couple weeks ago. I talked to a few people in the league, and, and I asked that question. That that was the response I kept getting. Well, he only played one year Pac-12 ball because he bounced around and you know some JUCO stuff before that. He is six feet tall. Well, you watch the film. He's got a good enough arm to make all the throws. He's accurate as hell. He can move around in the pocket extremely well. Like I don't think he's going to run for a ton of yards, but he's very good in terms of moving around, buying some more time. I think he can play. Man. Like, really. Like, Nick Foles is not getting his job back. Mm-mm. can play. No. So, I, like, yeah. I think he absolutely should be the rookie of the year. The Gardner Minshew thing is going to bother me forever just because uh, from a Chicago standpoint, Maggie, oh, so we, we knew about Gardner. We liked Gardner. You liked him? He's a sixth-round draft pick. You got Mitch Trubisky. Why wouldn't you draft the well, guy if you liked look, him? Look, if you want to go down that road, we don't have to right now. But they, they should have just drafted, <laughs> I'm in on Gardner they drafted one of the guys playing at Arrowhead on Sunday. Well, that's yeah. what they should have well, Of course, of course. Because right, yep. that, that's more to but me the argument. You can't relive that but one. But they then, took Trubisky, he, who is basically like the 40th best quarterback. Right, so you still need to draft a quarterback every year, and you like this guy, and he was a sixth-round pick. I don't know how you don't take a flyer. Let's move on to Christian McCaffrey. Who uh, being there's? I don't think there's. I, I assume you guys are going to be in on this one. He, he's the top non-quarterback candidate for MVP. Is there any doubt about that? Are you in or are you out? No, I'm in 100. percent McCaffrey's been unbelievable. Every week feels like he has 200 total yards from scrimmage. And, mm-hmm. and look, I am not uh, Joe Fancy Football by any stretch, but I am uh, in a <laughs> league here at Fansided, and you better believe I took him with the second overall pick. You did. And uh, he is uh, pacing me. I have him and Dalvin Cook, so look out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, listen, no, he's been incredible. He has been unbelievable. I think he, I don't think he's going to win the MVP because he's not a quarterback. I think it's going to be Mahomes or Russell Wilson. Okay, but I think he's the offensive player of the year. Easily. I think he's at. He's been unbelievable. If he's not on the Panthers, they're all on five. Like, not even – like, they're the Redskins if he's not on the Panthers right now. Okay? He has been nothing short of sensational. A great, great job by him. All the way in on this one. All right. Christian McCaffrey, we love you. Uh, Dan Quinn, Hill, you teed this up earlier – Will he be the next coach to be fired, in or out? Uh, I'm out because I don't think that the Falcons are going to fire him in the season. Uh, but I do think that he's going to get fired. I don't think he's the next head coach to get fired. I don't know who that would be. To I was going to say, who do you list, have? But 
I don't know if maybe somebody panics in Cleveland, but that's the thing. Like, how many of these teams are going to wait until the end of the season to fire their head coach and just ride this out? Dan Quinn, I think, at least has earned enough in his time in Atlanta to see this through to the end of the season, and then they'll get rid of him. The Falcons are a well-run organization. They don't like, you know, shady things like that. But I think that Dan Quinn absolutely gets fired, and I think that Jay Gruden's coaching the Falcons next year. Uh, I'm in because I just think it's becoming untenable. All right, and you're right. Everything you said, like Arthur Blank's a great owner, and mm-hmm. he's somebody who has a lot of patience. He doesn't make snap judgments, but I do think, yeah, you're probably looking at that. Uh, there was a fake account yesterday that tweeted out that Freddie Kitchens got fired, <laughs> and there were so many people commenting on it, like, thank God, thank God. So, I mean, people in Cleveland already. Um, I, I, I'll continue to say this at the end of time. I really think Adam Gase, Adam Gase. might be the coach. I, I swear to That's God, where man, I was going to go. I really do. Like, I, the only reason I don't think he's fired in season is because it is his first year, and it's a horrible look for a franchise to fire a first-year head mm-hmm. coach in the season. I'm telling you, that thing, that thing has gone so bad. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it could be any worse I don't really see any other coach that I'd say, well, that guy's going to get fired in season, right? Like, like Jay, we all agree Zach Taylor's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Right? Brian Flores isn't getting fired. No. Mike Grable? Uh, no. It it's not a bad call. I just think it'd have to go really south for them because they're, they're going to be in that division all year long, right? Next, Mike, year's, like, next year's the year for Vrabel. Here's one for you. Bill Callahan. Nah. This, Lock him up. Long-term distinction. Does, does Bill Callahan survive 11 games in Washington? It's a real question. Uh, for, well, I mean, Jim Tom Sula's in that coaching room. Like you so normally would bring say, up Tom Sula. You know, Jason Garrett is like the annual pick, but of course yeah, they're he's playing well. He's so, not right, going he's not anywhere. Going anywhere. That's my point. So I'll actually pick Mike Riverboat Zimmer. Riverboat Ron. But Mike like, Zimmer? I think, awful. Just... Uh, does not understand clock management at all. The Vikings are going to be a disappointment. Kirk Cousins. I don't think it's in up. season though. It's it could be at the season. end of the year. That's yeah. that's a mutual party. Quinn is the only so. one that, to me, I could see in season. Again, I don't think Gase, but Gase is the one guy. Being from New York, listening to like I'm telling you, that they hated that hire the second it was made. Mm-hmm. That thing has been nothing but downhill since. They're atrocious. Like they're that thing screams, <laughs> screams. Oh, he made it 13 games and they fired him. Like just, but I, I would say Quinn. I would say Quinn. I will say Pat Shermer was on my list, but I feel like he's saved his job a little bit. Daniel here. Jones is kind of Daniel Jones says hiding that whole situation. Over. Let's wrap up this edition of Stacking the Box. By the way, thanks again for letting me sit in. Jeff Schwartz will be back next week with our Looking Forward segment. Time to look forward to our favorite upcoming matchups. Josh Hill, what are you looking forward to in week six? Um, I'm looking forward to that Jaguar-Saints game because I want to see if the Saints are actually a team that can continue to adjust week to week. This has been a thing for them for the last two years. They start 0-2 a couple of years ago, enter the playoffs as Super Bowl favorites. They start 0-1 last year, start enter the playoffs as Super Bowl favorites. They lose Drew Brees this year. Everybody's out. Teddy Bridgewater comes in, and now we're talking about we were talking about it on Sunday. We were like, where is this guy going to start next year? Because he's playing his way into a starting job. So I want to see if they can keep this going. And on the flip side of that, I want to see what the Jaguars are made of. Because I'm, I'm with Verderam where I'm in on Gardner Minshew. I'm a little bit on the fence. But if he has a good game against a very good Saints defense, I'm diving into that Duval pool. So, okay, so I'm going to go a little offbeat here. What I'm looking forward to this weekend is I'm driving back to New York. Okay, <laughs> My buddy's getting married on Friday. Looking forward to that. He's a diehard Broncos fan, so good for him coming off a win, right? It's a way to, it's a way to go into marriage. There you go. Um, uh, I get to watch the game with uh, my old man on Sunday. Uh, and so I, I always enjoy that after having moved away. We used to do that every year for like 20 years, so I always enjoy sitting down and uh, eating some chili and watching the game. 
And uh, I can guarantee you that the dog who will be there is not looking forward to us watching the game because it'll just be screaming at the television for three hours and he'll be trying to jump off the deck. But uh, I am looking forward to that. And I, I think it should be a really good. There's actually a lot of good games this week. So I'm really intrigued by how the slate plays yeah. out. I'm most looking forward to as we wrap it up here. I I think Deshaun Watson somewhere in the Watson heart slash head is just a little bit bothered by the Patrick Mahomes love that goes around. And I think he's going to walk into Kansas City to make a statement. He's coming off a five-touchdown preposterous performance. The Chiefs are a little wobbly right now. So uh, What's the statement? The statement is, is it I'm a win? better than you. But is it a win? I, 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 or does he outperform Mahomes? I don't I don't care who wins. All I want to see is well, a Carmen, shootout. Carmen Make a call, so Chiefs. So Make I, a call I, on, on the performance. I, I, I think that Kansas City is going to win the game, but I think that Deshaun Watson is going to throw for, mm, let's go with four touchdown passes. Okay. Four TDs in Arrowhead and have a day, and I, I'm looking forward to him running all over the place. And and Patrick Mahomes coming right back at him. That to me is by far the most entertaining okay. game. I won't be eating chili with Vertoram, but I will be enjoying that one noon kickoff. It's gonna be awesome. All right, all right. Thanks for having me this week, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Stacking the box. Uh, back with Jeff Schwartz next week. Thanks to Jonathan Allen from the Washington Redskins for being on. Uh, good luck to Jay Gruden and his travels. We certainly supported him today, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Stacking the Box. Subscribe on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify. Hope you enjoy the program. comes out every Tuesday. Thanks again. Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard, day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.